welcome to Your Business Greatness. I am your host, Simone Sloan, the Executive Strategist, and really our mission here is to educate business owners, professionals, the community at large. Hello, everyone. We are here today with Barbara Jones. She's founder, CEO of Lily RNB. She has launched three companies, sold two, working on her third, generated over a million dollars in sales. And we're going to talk about that too. And woman in technology. Please welcome Barbara. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Barbara, we talked a little, we introduced your, the audience to what you've done, your accomplishments. And, you know, I just wanted you also to share who you are and tell us a little bit more about your journey. Sure, sure. So uh, I like to tell everybody I've been a cashier my entire career, or at least in retail technology. So I started out as a cashier when I was 15 mm. to work for a grocery store. And if the cashier, if they have to go as a carryout cashier, worked in retail. And then when I went to college, I got my degree in computer science and ended up being recruited by a company that was building cash register software. So I was like, look at God. So <laughs> <laughs> they love me because there's like, you know, people there, they, they had never been cashiers. So they right. knew they were building this software, but they had never used software. Mm. Like I had been a cashier since I was 15. So I came into the company and it was a beautiful fit. I knew the use case. I knew the issues that we nice. had as cashiers with the nice. software. And that company, uh, about four years after I joined it, we got acquired by Oracle. Mm. One of the biggest acquisitions yeah. you know, back in 2004 of a company like ours. It was kind of, I think, the start of this tech boom where these startups are getting yeah. acquired for hundreds of millions of dollars. And I was able to, I never went to work for Oracle. I, I always wanted to be with a small company. But I was able to walk away and build from the money from that acquisition to build my first firm. And nice. so I've been an entrepreneur ever since. I love that. I love that. And now Lily stands for, and I think I was reading it, yes. Life with Ladies in IT. Tell me about that. Yeah. So it's Let's Imagine Life with Ladies in IT. Mm. And I came up with that because when I started working for the startup company that got acquired, I was the only black woman uh, computer programmer in the company. And uh, this was Austin, Texas. And I was like, I just remember looking around like, why am I the only black woman computer programmer in this company? And so I started noticing as we were working with retailers, that's what mm -hmm. we do with software, working with retailers. I would walk in and I'm the only black coder, black woman coder on the team or in these meetings. And mm. I just looked around and and noticed that it was not, first of all, it was not a lot of women anyway, but definitely no other Black women. And so it was my mission when I started this company is to really put retail technology out there for Black women to know that this is a field we can get into yes. and really advance. I've done so many amazing things in my life being in retail technology, and I just want to see more women, especially more Black women, into this field. And Absolutely. So that's what I do want to do with my company. Very diverse and bring women into this field. Nice. Very nice. You know, for the work that we do, too, around the diversity and inclusion, amplifing voices in technology. And because you don't, you don't see it, right? And so when we have an opportunity to shine and to raise those voices, I love I love that, that opportunity that you're doing and, and laying that foundation. Mm -hmm. Now, tell us a little bit about Lily R&B. What does it really do and how do you serve your, your clients 
Sure, Simone. And my, my daughter still don't know what I do. So we <laughs> <laughs> don't know what mom does. But um, so really, I mean, we are what they call a system integration firm. We're kind of rebranding ourselves this year to be an enterprise solutions company. That's what we're stepping into. But in the past, we've been a system integration firm. And we're really that vendor, that partner to retailers that can help them with these enterprise cash register software systems that they've purchased from companies like Oracle and these mm. big software vendors that they don't own this software and they really don't know how it works. Mm. So they bring companies like mine in to do all of the customizations, the system integrations for them, any of the maintenance that they need to do. So I have a bunch of programmers that work for me and that's what we do is enhance this software to fit that retailer's mm. brand. Mm. And so you can imagine the things we've seen over the years and some of the limitations of the software. And so that prompted us to build our own platform that allows us to easily integrate cutting edge technology into these these enterprise point of sale systems without those heavy lifts of the system integration projects that we normally do. Nice. Now we're building our own software that we hope to take back to our customers and sell it as our own. Nice. So then in doing this challenge, because you you mentioned being a woman, being a BIPOC woman Mm -hmm. in technology, what were some of the, the challenges as you're building, learning, adapting, growing within your business, as well as with clients and maybe with vendors that you're working with? Simone, I always had that you syndrome. Mm. Barbara Jones, you see the name, so <laughs> don't expect me to walk into the room when you see Barbara Jones. And so it's like I get that, like, you know, that double check, like, wait, oh, you're Barbara? You're the, <laughs> you're the owner of the thing? I get that you, you know, I always get that you syndrome. Mm. So I always have to come in and, and like be that, the one that shined in the room. And I, you know, I always come, you know, people know me because I will come to work in a full suit every day, no matter what client I was at. Some of the clients like Gap, everybody was in jeans and T-shirts. I showed up to work every day in a full suit because I wanted to stand out. I wanted people to say, who is this woman? And that's exactly what Mm. they wish. They knew I was somebody and they they just gravitated around me. And so I always had to be that person because I knew it was that you. It's like, how can you do this? How do you know how to do this? And that's something that, you know, I really want to combat because we black women, we can do all kinds of things. We're don't so us, dynamic. Don't put us in a box. <laughs> technology, you know, and that's absolutely how do you know this? And so absolutely. It, it was hard, Simone. It was it was a lot of barriers that I had to break down. But I feel like the clients that worked with us and, and, and hired us have been long-term clients. They renew with us every year, every year. And so we do excellent work. And uh, yeah, it's led by me. So nice. Very nice. Very nice. And part of that too, because I saw that you were chosen for the Morgan Stanley Innovation Lab and like one of five companies. So how did you find that one? Because I always think it's around access, awareness, opportunity. Yes. Well, I want to shout out Rodney Sampson. He's a, uh, you know, he's all over the place here in Atlanta. You can Google the name if you don't know who he is. But Rodney has been an advisor of mine for years, very Mm. early on when I started the company, just really advising what we should do. I was actually in a program with his daughter and my daughter who are the same age. And it was a Black Girls Code campus. Yeah. Yeah. His daughter was in it. My daughter was in it. I mentored her and, and they, you know, he worked with my daughter and nice. so they didn't want us to work with our own daughters. But so we kind of like, you know, he's always been an advisor to me and he sent me a text and said, Barbara, 
you need to join this pitch competition. Mm. And I was like, what pitch competition? It was Steve Case, former owner of AOL. They were doing a pitch competition for Black founders, $2 million pitch competition. He said, Barbara, you need to join. And I was like, I'm tired of pitching. Nobody's going to give me money. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, you need to join this pitch competition. So I signed up in Simone got the top 10 finalists. I was like, oh my God, what is going on? Then we found out we made the top five. And so we ended up pitching to Steve Case and the whole prize of the rest. And even though we didn't win one of the top three prizes, they ended up giving an investment to everybody in the program. And Morgan Stanley was also part of that investment team. And we got accepted into the Morgan Stanley program. Nice. I it love that. Standard for the business. Morgan Stanley, the program is one of the best that I've been in. And I've been right. in a lot, but that's probably one of the best ones I've been in. Got it. You know, you kind of touch on a couple of things because people, I remember working in retail, right? I was a sales rep at, for one of those little stores. And, and you don't think about how those experiences can build into something bigger because it helped me be able to, pitch and to talk to people, be more proactive, extroverted. So business development, it comes very easy in terms of selling, right? And you leveraging your cashier experience and you think, oh, this is just a job, but it turned into something so much bigger. And I love that. But two, not only building on that, but advisors and listening to people and bringing people into your circle is another thing that I saw as one of the key things that you kind of leverage as part of your success and your journey. Yeah, and I tell everybody that is that we try, and I tried for the first few years of the business, I tried to run this by myself. Mm. And I was run down and working 80 hours a week. And, you know, we, this is what, we, and I've heard that from a lot of BIPOC founders is that we, we're scared to hire people. So we're doing everything and we never bring other people in or we do their contractors. And we have to get out of that because what I value now after eight years of being in business is my team. Mm. I cannot do all of this by myself. It's going to kill me. Right. And I don't want to be the bottleneck that stops the company's growth. Right. Right. So now I'm all about hiring that team that's going to help scale us so that I can focus on what CEOs do. And that's culture, that's money, and that's being the face of the company, not doing every day-to-day activity and all this stuff that I don't have time to do. I need to be selling this company. And so I need people to do these other things. So the most important thing to me right now is my team. Love you know, it. My team. So. Well, you raise a really interesting point too, Barbara, because it's a scary thing to say, I now I'm going to hire somebody, bring yes. them in, because that's a lot of responsibility. So yes. tell me, how did you overcome that to, to start looking at your team as value as opposed to the scary beast, scary. if you will? Well, and it took me a while. So, you know, I have to give him credit. He's a, you know, he and I have a love-hate relationship. But <laughs> I have to give him credit. My CFO, we have CFO Outsource Services. His name is Lauren Greenfield. He's the owner of Capital Concepts USA. And Lauren really stayed on me because he was, you know, they, they, they kind of reached out to me. And uh, no, actually, my bookkeeper referred them to me because I said I was looking for CFO. And so they came in. I was like, nah, forget it. I don't need it. <laughs> you know, I don't want to hire anybody. So he was like, Barbara, you need me. I was like, no, I don't. You know, I can do all this. And he said, you don't have time to manage the finance. But anyway, he talked me into bringing him on and see, bringing in that CFO to say, you have the money to do this. Mm. It's not a money thing with you. It's a fear thing. You mm. have the money to hire somebody to do this. You have the money to do this. I'm like, I don't want to deal with HR and payroll and dealing with these people. He said, so hire an HR company. 
just like you hired me to do your CFO services, hire an HR payroll company to do that. You don't have to worry about it. They handle the employee. So once he started showing me that, one, I had the money to do it, two, I could hire people for a fraction of the cost to do these different things for me, and three, that would free me up to scale the company, which right. is what I wanted to do. And right. I was stagnant. The company was not moving. We were mm. making the same revenue year after year. I was the bottleneck. Got it. So as I release these things and mm. let do the stuff that I don't want to do anyway, just let them do it because they're good at it and they love it. We started to grow. And so that's why I tell everybody is you, you know, it, it's definitely scary, but there are companies out there who will do some of the scary stuff you want to do, but your company would not scale if you're the bottleneck. And if you're doing everything in the company, you are the bottleneck <laughs> and you're not going to be able to scale that way. So for me, growth is important. And so I had to step out of my comfort zone and I got 11 people working for me now. It's the scariest thing. We're going to hire more people this year. We'll probably be up to around 16. Wow. You know, it's scary, but it's, it's, it's what's going to be needed to grow the company. So, so tell me, is this, are they full-time? Are they part-time combination? Are they 1099s? How are you mixing up your team to get well, that? The 11, the 11 I just mentioned are full-time employees. And then the CFO is still outsourced because mm-hmm. he has no company. I have a marketing company that is outsourced. And so I still, so my total team is probably around... I would say about 16 people because we have some contractors who work for us as well. But my core team, those 11 employees, that's who I'm talking about. And we want to grow that core team to about 16 employees this year. Nice. Maybe more. And I'm hiring. So. <laughs> I think you need to have it on your LinkedIn. I think I think I think I did see a sign on your LinkedIn. So definitely yeah. do that. <laughs> But you also raised a good point because it's around mindset, right? That mindset shift to reframe how we work, how we collaborate, how we and innovate. And when you are, say, starting out, that first dollar you make as your business is not that same. It's not the same as that million. No. Things have to change. So what changed for you in that process to say, hey? Yes. Well, one thing that changed is we when I first started the company, we were coasting. I think we did half a million dollars the first year. We were at yes. 600000 I mean, so we were growing fast. And I was like, wow, this is too easy. Third year comes and the company is stagnant. Oh, my gosh, what is going on? So I had like a reputation in this industry. I was part of that startup that had worked with big retailers. So when I left, a lot of those big retailers followed me. And became my clients in my company. But that third year, I ran out of people that I knew. Mm. I learned how to, somebody in the company had to learn how to sell. <laughs> and uh, everybody was like, Barbara, you're the CEO. <laughs> you gotta go learn. I'm like, I got to learn. So I'm a computer programmer. So I'm definitely an introvert. I'm like, what? Selling? I thought that was a four-letter word to me. It's like, no way am I going <laughs> to but my company was about to die, Simone, because we had no customer. They ran through everybody we knew, and we needed customers. Right. Somebody had to learn how to sell. And mm. so I had to come out of my introverted nature mm-hmm. and learn how to sell. So for mm-hmm. me, that's what took us from half a million to a million, is I stopped being a consultant and working on projects and coding, and I became the CEO. Yeah. Nice. And I had to learn how to sell. I love it. The CEO mindset kicked in. I became the CEO. <laughs> yeah. All about the company and growth and, how, you know, customers. And so I learned how to sell. And I can say today, that's five years later, mm-hmm. love selling. <laughs> I haven't told it in probably like three years. I love selling. I'm good at it. 
people listen to me. I can bring them in. It's a power to be able to generate six figure, you know, projects at a time coming into the company and see the money growing because I'm out there selling. So guys, I mean, I'm telling you, get comfortable with being that the best seller in your company. Cause as mm-hmm. CEOs at this stage, that's what we are. We are the best people to sell the company. Get comfortable with that. It's very <laughs> powerful. So I'm selling now. So back up though, because that, you know, you, it's a leap. And you it's mentioned being an introvert, which is a whole other, other dimensions to, to how you operate, right? Yes. But you also, your company is stagnant. It's not growing. And you realize, okay, something has to change. What was that thing that propelled you to say, okay, I'm going to learn how to do the pitch, right? sell, exactly, reach out to people proactively? Well, what, what really motivated me is I had to let some of my people go. Mm. because we ran out of money. And these were people that were like, Barbara, we'll work, you know, until you figure it out. They were willing to work for free. But it was taking a long time to fill it out and so figure it out. And so I had to let people go that I, you know, there's small groups, so it's like a family. So I realized this company is going to die if I don't learn how to sell. And so I started reaching out to people like Rodney, mentors. I need to learn how to sell. I need help with selling. I started getting into accelerator programs, incubator programs. And so I really became a student of how do I sell this company? What do I need to do to learn how to sell? How do I get out of being an introvert? I started pitching just to get on stage and get in front of people. I started doing karaoke. So I'm not so shy. I love to sing, but I was singing in the, in the tub <laughs> in front of people. So just getting used to like people looking at me because that was the thing I was scared of. Everybody looking at me. So I got used to these eyes on me. And so I did whatever that was. I had to work on myself mm. to, to save my company. And, and once I started selling, it was very scary. But once I started selling, I started seeing the power. Mm. Like, this is powerful to create something from nothing. I'm out here selling this company. I'm out here generating revenue. I'm out here employing people because I stepped out of that, that you know, my little comfort zone. And I learned how to sell. So for me... The sales is sales career is a very powerful career, and you you have to be a different type of person to really get out to put yourself out there so people can slam the door at you or hang up on you or say stop bugging me, stop calling me. That this is a thick skin you have to take absolutely to, to develop to do that. And now it doesn't bother me. I'm like, okay, I get all the no's because I know that yes is coming. I love it. Okay, another no day, I'm getting to my yes. And so for me, it's the chase. It's the hunt. Yes. I realize I like that. And so I feel very powerful in my company knowing that I can go out there and generate revenue. Love it. Love it. You speak. Love it. I just love that. You speak so much to the mantra of what we do around voice, power, and confidence because you found your voice right? Your power, as you use it more, you're recognizing and owning it. And then that confidence every time to say, you know what, (laughs) we're going to hit it and get to our greatness. I love that. Love it. When we talk about from learnings, Mm -hmm. because we, you mentioned a couple of them too, in terms of advisors and things of that nature, anything else that comes to mind that said, you know what, I'm glad I had the experience because. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I really, really like the programs that I've been in, these accelerator programs. I, I was telling someone about they had never heard of it, but there's programs out there. Some of them give you money, like the Morgan Stanley Multicultural mm-hmm. Lab. That's called an accelerator program. And basically, they these programs, some of them give you money, money to grow the business. 
They give you workshops on marketing, sales, how to hire, how to develop your culture. So all the stuff that a lot of us that may not have had people in our family that have businesses, we're like first time, first generation entrepreneurs. We don't know all this stuff. And so these programs are the ones that help me grow as the CEO. And uh, another program, Launchpad 2X in Atlanta, it's a program just for women CEOs. Mm. It was another program that gave me the power to see that we as women, it's like we have these natural tendencies that a lot of men don't have when they're founders. And and we have to get out of that. And a lot of, you know, we don't want to be like when investors come into our company, we don't want to be replaced. We're not the CEO and they're going to replace us. So that program taught women how to be the CEO, even after you get investment to stay, be able to stay in that CEO role because you're doing the duties of a CEO. Got it. But that's what I just encourage people to do is if you're founding a company, you're leading that company, then you need to work on yourself. Mm. The, the more you, you know, get mentoring and get the, the knowledge you need to grow your company, then you'll see the growth in your company. But it's not going to, your company is not going to grow if you're not growing. So seek out these programs. And like I said, some of them give you money. We got a six-figure investment from Morgan Stanley. So these programs give you money that you awesome. can use in the company. Got so accelerator programs, definitely look those up. Okay, great. I'll take note for that also. <laughs> You know, I I love the time that we have here because I think that it's just, you have a fascinating story, journey, and experience in technology, just in life in general. And as we are the audience who might be thinking about becoming an entrepreneur or turning that hustle into that business mindset, what hot nuggets, I call them hot nuggets or tips that you'd want to impart upon the audience today. Yeah, yeah. And so just I tell everybody, you know, I try to keep people from making the mistakes I made. You're going to make your own, but please don't make the same ones I made. I'm going to tell you the stuff I did so you won't do those. First thing is, you know, make sure before you leave your job is that you have at least that cushion, whatever you need. For me, I needed like six months of, of just expenses in the bank that will cover my living expenses. If something happened or the business didn't work, I was going to be okay and I could find something within six months. So I made sure that I saved up about six months of all my expenses for the month. I was yeah. good to go. I had that nest egg sitting in the bank. And then I also saved up an additional, some additional money towards starting the business. And so when I started, I didn't have, you know, I didn't get a loan. I didn't have any friends or family that gave me money. I had saved up enough money, stayed in my basement for like a year writing out how I'm going to do this business, what's the plan. So just have a plan mm. and make sure you have some cushions set up so that, you know, if things kind of get off to a rocky start, you're okay. And you're not going to get into financial health trouble. The next thing is build your team. Mm. People always talk about that solo founder. You should be able to find at least one other person who believes in this, whatever you're building as much as you and start with two. Do like a co-founder situation. I didn't do that. I was always a solo founder. It was so hard. So I have, you know, a person who's pretty much a co-founder for me now that I found. But I would say get at least one other person to help you with the business. Mm. It's not like a co-founder type business. And then, you know, really invest in growing your team. And then the third thing I would say is realize what you do best and then get other people in the company to do the things you don't. All right. So really, really operate in what you do best. But if you know you're not good with financials or you know you're not good with the marketing, get people that are really good with that to do that and pay the money for that because it should come back to you three, four, 10, 10x. 
Got so it. Uh, those are the three things I would say that I didn't do. So <laughs> we're late. But once I did them, that's when we saw the scale. And nice. you know, we should be multiple millions this year just with the things that we've been able to put in place. Nice. See that grow to eight figures. You know, that's my goal to get to eight figures, hopefully this year and next year. Awesome. Awesome. And on that note, thank you so much for those hot tips. I love what you said in terms of set yourself up financially, because that's the thing that hamstrings a lot of the small businesses, right? Not having the cash flow to, mm-hmm. to do what they really want to do. But you also said something too, that's interesting about the plan yes. team and co-founders, because people don't really think about the co-founder piece as part of their, of their journey, or even bringing in someone else later to be that co-founder, right? Yeah, and an investor told me that because they, the reason they like to see that is the whole bus thing. What if you get hit by a bus? The company's gone. <laughs> and I looked at him like, really? What if I get He's like, it's the truth. What if you get hit by a bus? I need two people. <laughs> oh, okay, but it makes sense in that, you know, you want somebody who's very invested in the business like you are. Two people. Just think about it. Two people building something. There's nothing you can do when you got Absolutely. two people who are aligned with a goal. So get yourself a co-founder. Don't try to do all this by yourself. Got it. Got it. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure just listening and learning to your story journey and all those hot nuggets that you just shared with us today. So thank you. Thank you, everyone. (laughs) Have fun. Thank you for joining us on Your Business Greatness. I am your host, Simone Sloan, and love to see you next time.